Father, thank you uh, that you've given us your word and I pray, Father, that you please help me now to uh, speak words that are true. Uh, please give us all uh, listening hearts and we pray that you teach us more about uh, yourself and more about your purposes in the world. Uh, help us to locate ourselves um, in your story uh, and please direct our hearts and our minds uh, to uh, the eternal rest of the new creation. Amen. So this is chapter 23. Let's read it. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the fourteenth day of the first month. On the fifteenth day of that month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and do not do any of your ordinary work. For seven days, present a food offering to the Lord. And on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do not do any of your ordinary work. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you and you reap this harvest, Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord, so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, you must sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord a lamb a year old without defect, together with its grain offering of one-fifth of an ephah, of the finest flour mixed with olive oil, a food offering presented to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering of a quarter of a hin of wine. You must not eat any bread, or roasted or new grain, until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count seven full weeks, count fifty days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of one-fifth of an ether of the finest flour, baked with yeast, as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs, each a year old, for a fellowship offering. The priest is to wave the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering together with the bread of the first fruits. They are a sacred offering to the Lord for the priest. On that same day you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and not do any ordinary work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. The Lord said to Moses, 
Say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. Do not do any of your ordinary work, but present a food offering to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves, and present a food offering to the Lord. Do not do any work on that day, because it is the day of atonement when atonement is made for you before the Lord your God. Those who do not deny themselves on that day must be cut off from their people. I will destroy from among their people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall not do work. You shall, sorry, you shall do no work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. It is a day of Sabbath rest for you, and you must deny yourselves. From the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening, you are to observe your Sabbath. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, the Lord's festival of tabernacles begins, and it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do not do any of your ordinary work. For seven days present food offerings to the Lord, and on the eighth day hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. It is the closing special assembly. Do not do any of your ordinary work. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for bringing food offerings to the Lord, the burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings required for each day. These offerings are in addition to those for the Lord's Sabbaths and in addition to your gifts and whatever you have vowed and all the free will offerings you give to the Lord. So beginning with the fifteenth day of the seventh month, after you have gathered the crops of the land, celebrate the festival to the Lord for seven days. The first day is a day of Sabbath rest, and the eighth day also is a day of Sabbath rest. On the first day you are to take branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Celebrate this as a festival to the Lord for seven days each year. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Celebrate it in the seventh month. Live in temporary shelters for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in such shelters so that your descendants will know that I made the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses announced to the Israelites the appointed festivals of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light, so that the lamps may be kept burning continually. Outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant law in the tent of meeting, Aaron is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening till morning continually. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord must be tended continually. Take the finest flour and bake twelve loaves of bread, using one-fifth of an ephah for each loaf. Arrange them in two piles, six in each pile, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. By each pile put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread and to be a food offering presented to the Lord. This bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, on behalf of the Israelites as a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons, who are to eat it in the sanctuary area, because it is a most holy part of their perpetual share 
of the food offerings presented to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. So, uh, if we remember from uh, some of the weeks gone by, (coughs) you may perhaps start to feel that uh, this is becoming uh, a little bit of a repetition, what I'm going to say. Uh, And that is that the worship life, or what they might call the cultic life, uh, the whole or the religious life uh, of the Israelites uh, was both real in the sense that it was a real worship life, this is they were really worshipping the Lord in the ways that the Lord had prescribed, uh, but it was also communicative. That is, uh, they were playing out Uh, with their lives a kind of drama. Uh, The the shape of the tabernacle, uh, the things in the tabernacle, were full of symbolism. Uh, The sacrifices, the priests, the clothing on the priests, um, the sacrifices themselves uh, were all full of symbolism and were all uh, designed uh, both as the means that God had um, prescribed for them to worship him in that period of time, but were also communicating something beyond themselves. Uh, and so, <coughs> what we have today is we have a series of festivals or feasts that, are, that join in uh, as a part of this uh, national drama <laughs> that gets played out by the Israelites. Um, if you remember, uh, the way that Leviticus uh, is structured is that it has um, sections devoted to a particular theme. So last week we had two chapters. Uh, they centred around the priesthood um, and prescriptions for the priests. And uh, today, this, this section, which we haven't read through to chapter 25, Uh, But you can see it if you just flick over to 25, you have there the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee, which continues the theme uh, of uh, festivals uh, and it's linked uh, conceptually with what we just read uh, through the idea of time. Uh, So it's a year of, uh, it's the Sabbath year, so it's the seventh year and the year of Jubilee is uh, seven times seven years. It's the fifty. It's the year after that, after the forty-ninth year, the fiftieth year, um, and that uh, that links chapter twenty-five. And you can also see that because chapter twenty-six then starts a different uh, theme, namely uh, the obedience, uh, sorry, reward for obedience and punishment for disobedience, which is a typical um, way to uh, formulate the covenant that Israel had with the Lord of blessing and curse, life and death, as you read about in Deuteronomy. So that's, that sets this section apart that we've just read, around festivals. And all of these festivals are united, or let's say, centred around this whole, yeah, this whole calendar of festivals um, is built around one thing in particular. Did you spot it? Seven. The Sabbath. It's built around the Sabbath. I think Sabbath, the centrality of the Sabbath can be seen 
in a few ways and I'll point them out to you so that you can see the same thing. Um, the first way is the place uh, where the standard Sabbath, the ordinary weekly Sabbath, is mentioned in the text. So just have a look with me here. It's, it appears in verse 3. Uh, but structurally, look at, we'll look at verse 2 and verse 4 together. So in verse 2, uh, look what it says. The Lord said to Moses, um, this is chapter 23, verse 2, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. And then you have verse 3, which you probably have sectioned off as a section that says the Sabbath. right? That's the ordinary weekly Sabbath. But listen to the way verse 4 kicks back off again. These are the, are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. Can you see that it's almost as though he restarts? So in a sense, verse 2 and verse 4 are the same. It's like a repeat. And in between them, you have the weekly Sabbath. And so in, in that way, the <coughs> weekly Sabbath is just structurally set apart there, which flags us up that what proceeds is, um, is shaped by this idea of the Sabbath. The second uh, is that, um, and, and sorry, and secondly, the fact that the, the first, uh, the, the, the day, the weekly Sabbath is the first thing to be mentioned also gives it prominence in this whole section that's devoted to festivals. Now, the second thing is the number of references to the word Sabbath in chapter 23 to 25. Prior to chapter 23, there are only three references in the book of Leviticus to the word Sabbath. Uh, between the, uh, chapters 23 and 25, uh, the graph spikes and we have 19 occurrences of the word Sabbath. So, if you were hearing the word Sabbath a lot, that's in these verses, uh, not just the whole book. So, third reason is the number of sevens. So, the Sabbath is the seventh day. Uh, the number of sevens in this account that we've just read. Uh, there, were, um, the, there were two festivals that were seven day festivals. There, were, um, there was a period of seven weeks between the time that you bring your first uh, sheep and wave it until the, uh, the, the so-called festival of weeks. Uh, the festivals themselves occur in the first month and in the seventh month. And that's it. They only occur in the first and the seventh month. Uh, they, the uh, Sabbath year is a seventh year and the Jubilee, as I've already said, is the seven times seven years. And not only so, <coughs> but if you were a really good listener, uh, you would have um, spotted, you'd be a really, really good listener, um, is that uh, there were only seven sacred assemblies uh, mentioned in our reading. So, that little phrase, and on the seventh day, which is you see in verse 8, chapter 23, verse 8, uh, and on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly. That little phrase uh, happens seven times, which means that there are only seven sacred assemblies throughout the, the year. 
Now, what is that all about? The big idea is that there is an overwhelming focus on the Sabbath concerning the the time for the Israelites. Uh, You might say that the whole calendar, the whole life of Israel was saturated in the Sabbath. Everything is Sabbath shaped. So you can imagine being an Israelite, living in this, you know, uh, with a calendar built, uh, uh, structured around the Sabbath. You know, you kind of, what month are we? Oh, we're in the sixth month. Right, you know, the seventh month, that's when the festivals are going to begin. And, or you might be thinking to yourself, what day of the week are we? We're the sixth day of the week, right? The seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. Uh, so repeatedly, you know, your whole life, I mean, would have been structured and shaped by Sabbath, seven. It was just everywhere. Similar to, you know, in a way, we, uh, here in Oxford, you have the, you've got the three terms, or, you know, in England, life is, is uh, largely structured around the, uh, the, school, the three school terms and the summer term, as it were. So summer, people do their whole thing, and life as a work is built around their seasons, right? For Israel, it would have just been Sabbath, 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 Sabbath. Um, uh, in the whole way that they live their lives. Now, why? So that's what God's done. The Lord, that's what the Lord instructs them to do. Uh, and, and so here we get a window in to be able to see, oh right, that's how the, um, the Lord uh, designed the Israelites to live their lives. So, what's that doing? Well, before we go there, let's just recap uh, what the Sabbath is all about. So, uh, for Israel themselves, they're the, if there was a, sorry, if there was a second thing that we were to put in here around this, you know, a second kind of key feature, it would have been the idea of sacrifices that we've just read. And so, uh, and the sacrifices were located at the temple, the, or the tent of meeting. And so, you can now see that according to uh, time, everything's built around seven, and according to um, space and function, everything's built around the, t- the tent of meeting. Now, the tent of meeting itself, as we've spoken about in previous weeks, uh, is like a mini creation in uh, in Israel, so that the tent itself uh, is supposed to remind the Israelites about the Garden of Eden. And the clearest place to see that is that the curtain uh, that separates the holiest place within that temple from the regular space has a big curtain with angels on the on it, and those angels um, mirror the angels that are at the gate to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. So Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they kicked out of the garden, and the angels with the flaming sword were posted at the gate to show that the uh, to guard the way back into the garden. And here you have this thick curtain. Uh, that prevents anybody from, with, with angels on it, which prevents the Israelites from going into the special holy place. And so this is, uh, the tent itself is to remind the Israelites about creation and about the Garden of Eden. 
Now, because it reminds, because the tent reminds about creation, uh, it also reminds, uh, brings to uh, brings to our attention the Sabbath. So these two things combined, this Sabbath-shaped calendar and the tent of meeting, would have are supposed to bring back this strong sense of uh, the Garden of Eden and the creation account. And so the, the, the life of the Israelites continually tells this story. And partly it tells the story of what's lost, uh, and partly it tells the story of um, what, uh, what humanity is created for. Because, you see, the, the, the function of the creation account, and of the Sabbath in particular, was that everything was moving towards the Sabbath. The Sabbath, in, uh, or the seventh day, in the creation account, is the only day that the Lord calls holy. He blesses the seventh day. He calls it holy. He rests on the seventh day. And that's the kind of climax to the creation account. Because that is the space where uh, God has finished his work, he's created people, he's put them in the garden, and now he gets to spend time uh, with his people, and the people go about doing the task uh, of representing him in the world. So the Sabbath is like the uh, sweet spot of the creation account. It's kind of like the set up your house for a party, do all the work, invite all the guests, get them to the house, and then that's the moment. Because then it's like, well, hey, now we can party, you know. Here we are together, we can enjoy one another's company uh, and kind of do life in this space. So that's a, uh, perhaps a kind of analogy. So that's Sabbath, right? So Sabbath is the sweet spot in the creation account. And now you can see, uh, coming back to the Israelites, that um, having their calendar built this way, with the, temp- the, the tent of meeting in the middle and their calendar um, centred around the Sabbath, that they were continually living out this drama of uh, the creation. Right? It's a kind of a new creation. They are supposed to be living with God, um, in God's space, enjoying a Sabbath life. Right? (coughs) And so, (coughs) all of that is perhaps captured in chapter 24, verse 1 to 9, which uh, I'll quickly read again and uh, it might give some, uh, shed some light on, the, on this um, particular ritual. So, in chapter 24, the Lord said to Moses, command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light, uh, so that the lamps may be kept burning continually. So the lamps are in the tent of meeting, outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law in the Tent of Meeting, uh, Aaron is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening till morning continually. You see that? Does anybody get, did anybody have all the Bibles? Evening till morning? No? Don't worry. Dan? Genesis 1. Huh? Genesis 1. Genesis 1. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. 
So he is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening till morning continually. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord must be tended continually. So there's these lamps, right, <coughs> burning. And from numbers we find out that the lamps are supposed to shine their light forwards. Um, and now what does it say? Take the finest flour and bake twelve loaves of bread using one-fifth of an ether for each loaf. Arrange them in two piles, six in each pile, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. By each pile put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread and to be a food offering presented to the Lord. This bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, on behalf of the Israelites as a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons who are to eat it in the sanctuary area because it is a most holy part of their perpetual share of the food offerings presented to the Lord. So, the lamp keeps burning, so there's a light, and there are twelve loaves of bread divided into two piles, and the lamps, uh, their light shines this way on, so that uh, if you were to picture it or be there, the, the, the bread is uh, like basking in the light of the lamps, right? And so there are twelve tribes of Israel, there are twelve loaves of bread, uh, is, uh, the high priest bears twelve special stones on his on his breast, on his um, priestly garments when he goes before the Lord. So twelve is the significant number representing the people of God. And so right here in the midst of this section, 23 to 25, which has got this Sabbath focus, and we won't talk about the blasphemy that has been put to death, that would be another, would have to be another sermon. But right in the middle of it, we have this... Um, uh, description then of the loaves uh, and the light and uh, the light burns continually and the bread kind of enjoys this um, uh, Sabbath by Sabbath renewal. You see that? Which represents the Israelites. And so in the tent uh, just outside the curtain uh, is again uh, that picture of Israel here is the life of Israel and we've kind of arrived at we haven't actually entered the land but for the Israelites in terms of their worship calendar this is a significant uh, moment for them and this picture of them basking in the light of the Lord's glory uh, Sabbath by Sabbath as a picture of this is what um, they were designed for and this is what we as people were designed for so Israel itself being a microcosm uh, for what uh, all of humanity is made for. Because obviously the creation account was about all of humanity and Israel's um, account is specific to them as a nation. But they are just representing um, the whole uh, of humanity. So, what that does and what that means for us, just to uh, bring us back to the start, it is Israel's communicative function playing out this drama and, um, and I guess what we get to see today is that in the story of the Bible um, Israel itself uh, has this role of living out a, a picture of what humanity was created for uh, to live in God's presence um, and enjoy uh, the light of his face 
Um, and what that does is it both, it both looks back, as I said last week about the priests, to what was lost, uh, and it also looks forward in hope to what is coming. And uh, for us that means uh, an eternal Sabbath, uh, basking in God's presence in the new creation. And now the question for us is, what about uh, Jesus and how does that change our lives? And that is a question that I don't have a clear answer to, um, which, however, uh, might be, I can, I guess, uh, tonight I can get you as far as I got myself and then you can, um, you know, uh, run, run it a bit further forward or um, nudge one another along. Now, the one thing that it's done for me is it's made me consider the theme of the Sabbath more seriously. Uh, I, think I'd, I don't think I'd held the idea, the, the idea of the Sabbath um, as seriously enough. Uh, its significance in creation, um, the beautiful picture that it points to of um, of communion, of relationship, friendship with God and what we were designed for, uh, what we kind of really longed for. Uh, I didn't appreciate how significant it was in the life of Israel and how significant it would have been for them. Um, and then through, through the history of the Old Testament, how, how you see when the Sabbath is, is uh, dropped, you know, it's uh, such a terrible thing when the festivals are dropped, um, but actually bringing that back, it, it re-centres the whole nation and resets them around the Lord and around uh, relationship with Him. Um, and I think one, the, the one way I suppose that it has kind of uh, come into my uh, thinking about the idea of the Sabbath is that um, it's, the Sabbath is not just about rest. So we... Uh, you know, as I, meant, I mentioned it to my wife, you know, what about the Sabbath? And she said, yes, you know, because, uh, you know, it's a time for rest. And I thought, oh, yes, that's right. That's what we think, you know. Um, which I think is right. You know, God's given us the Sabbath because it's about a healthy balance, right? So, but that's kind of where it comes in, doesn't it? You know, it's good to have one day off because as uh, limited beings we need... You know, we can work for six days and have one day off and it's a kind of good, healthy rhythm. Um, and I think that's right. I think that's part of why God's created the rest. Um, but I don't think enough about um, what the Sabbath uh, is symbolic of and represents, which is that future time of uh, eternal rest and being in God's presence um, and... Yeah, enjoying uh, relationship with him or looking back at what was lost and so I guess I don't appreciate the, uh, the future rest that exists for us um, which the Sabbath is intended to remind us about now the outstanding question if you've spotted it is does that mean that we should be keeping the Sabbath once a week and I am just going to uh, skirt that question by saying my jury is still out. And that's it. Uh, but do come and talk to me if you would like. I'd like to study it at some point, but I don't know. So I'm not going to go into it now.
Um, but I'm just going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. Nine really kind of captured it, uh, where he says, There remains then a Sabbath rest uh, for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest uh, also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Uh, therefore, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And I think in Hebrews there we have... Uh, what the author is talking about is, is a future Sabbath rest uh, that exists for us, which I think is the new creation and I think is heaven, uh, which uh, exists for the people of God. And that is the space that we long for as believers, uh, that we long for um, that reality when, uh, like the loaves, we uh, bask in the eternal uh, light of the glory of God. And so perhaps tonight your hearts will be uh, uh, pointed towards uh, that reality a bit more and stirred more towards um, uh, God and his desire for relationship with us. Um, Which actually, I should have mentioned, is um, quite remarkable that um, uh, the Israelites didn't come up with the, what's it called? They didn't come up with this idea uh, the Lord came up with it. Isn't that cool? That it was the Lord's idea to um, to have these people in relationship with him and to, to achieve that goal uh, of his creation, to be with his people. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song together. Father, we thank you for um, this part of your word and for what you've taught us uh, through it. Please help us to get a better understanding um, of the Sabbath, um, of your purposes for creation, of our role in it. Uh, Please help us to appreciate uh, your purposes and your heart uh, in um, having a relationship with us. Um, And we pray, God, that you would help us to look forward to uh, that day of basking in your presence um, when all things are restored. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.